0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of the Tradie Business School podcast. The only podcast you'll need to grow your trades-based business and turn it into an asset uh, rather than the liability it probably is with you running around like the headless chook doing all the things. Uh, Today, I'm joined by the amazing Brian Santos. I always love having him on the show. He is part of the team and helping our clients be less like headless chooks. Brian, welcome to the show today. How's things? Yeah,
1: very good. Good to be on here again and uh, chat to all the you lovely people listening today.
0: <laughs> Amazing. This episode is uh, the first, it should go live uh, in May and May is Mental Health Awareness Month for those of who, who don't know or aren't aware. And we felt it was important to to talk about this and embrace that month and You know, we, we had a bit of a chat offline about business and how we can support business owners in and around mental health. And interestingly, where I went was, you know, the real deep sort of mental work, dealing with depression, dealing with anxiety, all of that sort of thing. But what we ended up settling on talking about was your suggestion, Brian is, is more of the everyday things and how we can, how we can improve our mental health on a daily basis. You know, obviously there's some you know, if we we're suffering with depression and anxiety. Now I use the word suffering uh, loosely because language is important. I always try and change that language to living with depression or anxiety because the suffering is optional. Now I know that's going to trigger some people and we'll get into that in another podcast, but Brian, talk to me or talk to the, the listeners about, you know, what we, I guess, spoke offline about and that those sorts of everyday things that, that I guess they're the, They're the straws and that's what we were essentially talking about is the straws that breaks the camel's back, right? It's the little things day in, day out. And I think this is going to be really powerful for everyone is just what are those tiny little things that you can take off of your plate or remove from your life that are, you know, not ideal and that are contributing to perhaps not great mental health? I think, I think the way, there's so many ways to look at
1: mental health. And like you said at the beginning, there's, you know, there's stuff that we can do internally to acknowledge, improve, and better our own mental health from, you know, physical changes through our diet, through exercise, through sleep and more water and not drinking and all that sort of jazz, right? Mm-hmm. Which is absolutely uh, relevant and applicable. What I also see from a, in the, in the trenches kind of thing on a daily basis is a lot of people's stress comes from the ins and outs and the workings of their business. And what, do I, what I mean by that is when I say, okay, what well, you know, I'm stressed about my business today. Okay, what's happening? Oh, I have to deal with this freaking client and they're, you know, they're not paying me on time. I have to chase, you know, money because, you know, my supplier is chasing me, but my customers, you know, or whatever they get, or my customer is like a pain in the backside. And, you know, and so if, if you listen to those conversations, the common denominator is the customer in terms of the source of stress, or in other words, the source of the mental health experience, if I remember what word you used, not <laughs> suffering, but the uh, mental work, uh, health experience. <laughs> yes. And so if that's the case, let's be practical about it. And and actually, if we're practical about it, we look at it logically and go, okay, well, if, that, if that's really the source, or if there's a couple of clients or customers that seem, or types of customers that seem to be the stressor, then what is it that we can do to kind of, is there a pattern? The often case is, that, the, that we're dealing with clients who aren't our ideal clients in the first mm. place. So often we're having cash flow issues and then when you break it down, often it's because we're dealing with clients that we actually uh, aren't really the ideal clients for us. They might be giving us constant work or being the, the major customer for us, but they're not paying us on time or mm. landing or the owner is a, you know, an a-hole or whatever it is, Right.
0: Uh, let's be, let's be matter of fact, you know, like we, you know, on a daily basis, like, like you said, we have these conversations with people and they're dealing with shit clients. Right. And, and I get where it comes from. It comes from this lack and scarcity mentality that we've got to be all the things to all the people. I had a conversation with a person yesterday and they, they, they specifically talked about the fact that they hadn't niched down. Now, I won't go into what industry they're in and what they do, but they have the ability to do lots of things and provide lots of products and services across the board. And this is what I see people do all the time, right? It's like, oh, I've got all this, I've got this amazing skill set and I've got these tools and abilities, whatever it may be, to do all these things, right? But it's the counterintuitive thing to do is to, to narrow that field down to the thing that you are really, really good at and the clients that really, really want that thing, right? Because what you're saying is, you know, you get these clients that aren't necessarily the best fit. Like, can you service them? Can you do their thing? Like, I think I can coach everybody, you know, but just there's a, there's an old saying that comes to mind, just because you can, doesn't mean you should. Right. And, and I think that this is applies in this situation is that when you try and be all the things to all the people, you, you will drop balls. You know, you won't be able to give them the service that they need, but equally they're going to turn into pain in the ass or asshole clients because they're not getting the service that they want either, you know? And yeah, seeing this, this manifest in different ways. You know, it ultimately ends up in stress and detracting from a good state of mental health because when you're going into work and you're resenting going there and it's your business, like it makes it really hard to, to scale and grow and fuck, just show up. Totally, totally. And,
1: you know, that saying just because, what is it? Just because you can, it doesn't mean you should. If you take that to the next level, just because you have, as in that's, you know, you've been doing it this way of dealing with this customer up until now, it doesn't mean that you should continue in the future with them or that type of customer.
0: Yeah. And we often have that discussion on a broad spectrum of, you know, what got you here mm. won't necessarily get you there, right? I, I love my my philosophications, my philosophical statements, right? Like I'm sure I was Socrates back in a past life. But Look, what was that? <laughs> Along with being a Viking as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I was the Viking Socrates. But the, the, the thing is that starting business like you do, like it's completely okay to be in that, that sort of, I want to do all the things for everybody, like take every opportunity you can, like it makes complete sense. And to a certain extent, you, I won't say you need to do that, but it's, it's helpful, right? It gets the money in the door, but you soon realize that those people will take from you, you know, and they'll take... And, you know, this, this applies to people in your personal life. You know, I'm sure everybody can relate to having people in your life that are just energy draining, energy sapping people, you know? So likewise, we, we want to, we've got to create those healthy boundaries around what does a healthy relationship look like now, whether that's personal or in this state, what you're saying, Klein. And I think, you know, I'd like to expand on that a little bit, like it's the same with uh, employees and relationships across the business, you know. So yeah, partners too. I've seen that in many
1: situations, right? Mm. Where your business partner or you know whatever their shareholder and they're, they're they're toxic to, I guess, your mental health and your financial health as well. It's something mm. to consider. I guess all of the all of this, whether whether it's an, a client or a or an employee or a partner, business partner of some kind, if they're providing stress for you then maybe part of the thing to, to consider is, well, if they're a, a constant or regular stressor to me, what do I need to do to change that? Do I, yeah. the relationship or do I sack them or yeah. you know, what the case might be?
0: Yeah. Um, and, and I think maybe that's a good little thing we can give the clients, like maybe do an audit on your stressors. Like if you were to sit there while you're listening to this podcast I'm sure there's probably one or two things coming to everybody's mind right now of things that sh- stress them, things that detract from their mental health, but do a brain dump, like sit down and with a bit of paper and and just give yourself 10 or 15 minutes and go, okay, what, what does wear me down? What does bother me and make that list and then give us a call and we can help you with that list, uh, but make that list first and foremost, right, and do that audit on what are the stresses in your life? Because this is one thing I see all the time. People are often not aware. They're not aware of those relationships. You know, they they know they're stressed. They know that they're they're not in the men- best place mentally. But it's like when you say to them, well, what's causing it? They're like all the things. And they can't do it. Like, so you've got to really pause and give yourself time to sit there and go, all right, what are the things stressing me out right now? What are the things? that are, that are toxic in my world. Like ask yourself those questions. Yeah. And I think, I think from there that you'll, you'll find some things out about yourself and your family and your personal relationships, your professional relationships with clients, with employees.
1: Yeah. And, and there's only so much you can fit on your plate, right? So, and if our plate is full and we don't, we can't take on much more work and we're just working harder and we, you know, okay, yeah, I need. I need more staff because I'm overworked and my plate is full, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Well, honestly, if you look at that plate or what you've got on your plate in terms of work, you know, stresses, all that sort of stuff, and look at your plate and go, all right, who's on my plate that is, is providing the, you know, that if, if, if I got rid of or if I replaced, mm.
0: what would Substituted that substitute, right? That, that's, that's a really like, sorry to interrupt. Yeah. 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 That it's, it's such a good analogy though, that you're talking about a plate, right? Because if we were to think about health from a a place that everybody gets it, right? Like physical health, right? Diet is a thing that is commonly known is a big contributor to health. Now, if you were to look at everything that is on your plate in a day of food, Mm. right? It becomes really easy to then look at it and go, okay, I can see what's not optimal there. And I think that's a really good analogy. Like if you were to take the plate of mental food or mental things that were going on in your day, put it all on a plate. Like this is where you can do the analysis. And I guess that's what I'm talking about with the brain dump and go, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm, you know, maybe you're going home and sinking half a dozen beers. Is that the best thing to, to be doing to support your mental health? Probably not. But also why are you doing that? Mm. Why are you going home and self-soothing with beer or whatever it may be? And I think when you look at can look at it pragmatically like that, like it's not your, not your shit. It's just stuff on a plate. Mm. You can then start to segment out. You know, and the two big things you know is clients and employees that stress people that we talk to. You know, it's that. But both both of them are relationships, right? Exactly. And I can't tell you how many how
1: many clients who we've worked with over the years who have changed the the clients, the types of clients, gotten rid of what they thought were the most important clients to them. For some reason, whether they sacked them or they lost them or, you know, they changed their terms and conditions, whatever it was. And then they, you know, that allowed for the right clients to come on board and it changed their business, it changed their financial situation, it changed their, their personal lives. Because once you get rid of toxicity, whether they're a client or whether they're uh, uh, an employee, you'll you'll see the changes not only in your business but also in the other employees and the teams that you have. Sometimes, sometimes I've I've seen this happen where uh, you get rid of a toxic person, and when they go, the staff members, you know, then open up to you and say, "I'm so glad you got rid of them because that person I was going to leave, or you know, if they hadn't, if they weren't going, I was going to leave, you know, in a couple of months." Or a client. Comes to you and said, Oh my gosh, you know, I was not going to continue working with you, you, you know, with that guy.
0: So, sounds, sounds all too familiar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Man, the, the amount of times. And the, the thing, So my brain's going all over the place. Yeah. About, yeah. The, the thing that I, I always ask people, like, because people freak out in this. They're like, when they have that realization that they've got some toxic shit going on in their life, now, whether that's in business or personally or whatever it may be, whether that's employees or clients. They're like, fuck, how, what do I do? How do I, how do I deal with this shit? And they, they get scared or paralyzed to take action, right? And I've been there myself, right? Because particularly with key personnel and, and big clients, like I've, I've walked away from some massive clients now, but man, did I shit bricks in those moments? Cause it's like, where's the next job going to come from? But what I've found every single time is what the energy that becomes available on the backside of making that decision is just phenomenal. And um, you know, like you touched on it before with the team members or the clients, just their whole personas and the energy they bring to the table changes. So, So my question will always be, if you are in a state where you're struggling to make a decision around something that you've identified is toxic or is not supporting you from a mental health point of view, then ask yourself, how would you be without that thing in your life? that person, that client, that whatever substance, you know, and what would become available. Cause I think that that opens up some massive opportunities and, and I've seen it now, like, and I don't expect you to believe me right now. I just need you to suspend the disbelief that things are better on the other side of, of cutting out toxic things. Agreed. Yeah, totally agreed. So Brian, what's, what a, I mean, we, we've talked a bit, and I think the two main things that we've sort of touched on is toxic clients, toxic employees. The majority of today has been about toxic, well, not toxic clients, um, suboptimal clients, let's call them. Uh, but so, some of them do get toxic, right? Particularly ones that are dragging the chain and taking 90 days, 128 yeah. to pay you. I always say to people, the most powerful person in any negotiations, the one that's prepared to walk away. Ironically, the more clients I fire, the better, the quality of clients that I get, and the more I get, like, I don't know how the universe kind of picks this up, but it just, every time I kind of make a decision to hold some shit in my life, it just levels up. But the fear before I do that is real, you know? So I think for me, if I was going to give some tips to people understand that the, the the fear is real, like you you're scared of you know losing relationships, losing the money that the client brings in, you know your reputation, all of those things, but like the thing is you're always going to pay you're going to either in those in, in instances you're either going to pay with the money that you're not going to get or you're going to pay with your soul being crushed by working with these these clients that you don't want to work with but I, I strongly encourage people to go back to understanding their niche and their avatar so they can work with more of those people. And, and this is the thing, like when you find yourself in that startup phase, getting through to the point where you can be very specific about who you want to work with and who you say yes to, and, and more so who you say no to. I can't, I think Warren Buffett says it, you know, like he got his, to his level of success by saying no more. And I think this applies with, with the clients that you work with. Your goal is not to get more clients. It's to say no to more clients that you don't want to work with and get very specific clients, you know? So, so I think that's kind of my advice. What would you say, what are your tips for getting people to, I guess, cull some of this stuff to, to improve their, their mental health? I mean, I know you, you talked about offline we talked about sort of grading clients and I think you can grade people across the board you know whether they're the clients whether they're employees I say it all the time fire everybody regular and in your men, in your mind and decide whether you rehire them I think you can do the same thing with your clients like if you didn't have to if you didn't have this story of having to have that client what would would you keep them so mm. I'll stop waffling now <laughs> no, no no it's 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 good like
1: what I recommend to people is First and foremost, just stop, right? Stop and take take a breath and kind of assess it from a pragmatic point of view and write down your customers, for example. If we're looking at customers, let's look at our customers and then let's be logical about it and rational about it. Okay. What is it that's good about this client? What is it that's bad about this client? And then we can assess it rather than just go, Oh yeah, Brian and Adam are right, I'm gonna fire them tomorrow. Hey, Johnny, see you later. I'm not servicing you tomorrow, right? That could be like a <laughs> A pretty <laughs> crazy decision. So let's just take the time and assess it, and just look at it one by one by one, and be pag- pragmatic, like I said, about your solutions too. So one of them might be rating them like you suggested, A, B, C, D, E, for example. E, class, you know, however you rate that, right? Cash flow and income and whatever. But also, like, how can we upgrade an E to a D or a B to an A or a C to a B, for example? So they. It might be a pain at D, but hang on a second. If I put more effort into them, they could, act. if I changed my terms and conditions or if I were more strict with my collections, uh, accounts receivables collections, you know, if they did, then that'd be an A client for sure. Okay, cool. Then there's a pragmatic way of looking at a client. but I have mm. to, you know, freaking get rid of them all the time. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's the thing, right? The solution's not always firing everybody Correct. at getting new clients. Like sometimes it is about, and, and more often than not, focusing on the things that are in your control. Are your terms and conditions, and I always say, look at your, be punitive to the process, not the person, like look at your own terms and conditions, look at how you're showing up in that relationship and are they just reflecting your behavior? Exactly. Exactly. So all these little things and the same with an
1: employee if there's an employee that's being a real asshole and is affecting the team and all that sort of stuff, when was the last time you had a proper sit down with them and put, you know, processes and expectations in place, you know? First, look at like be be pragmatic about what's what's wrong, what's good, what can I do to improve? Is it worth improving? You know, if it's not okay, well then maybe we should let go of them. So don't rush into it. Is basically what I'm saying. And think it through and think of what the options are to to have a better business in that sense. And ultimately, by doing that, I think that you can improve your mental health and the stress that's involved with toxic or, or you know subpar clients and subpar
0: uh, employees. Yep. So uh in a nutshell get your perfect future client right get your perfect future employees right get your own systems and processes in check make sure you're showing up but yeah like do an audit first and foremost on your own health mental health and well-being and the contributing factors to that not being where you want it and then what are the steps you need to take what how can you upgrade so uh mate so we could talk forever we always have a good chat thank you for being part of today's episode for those of you who would like to talk more about this i mean first and foremost if you have feel like you have some uh high level mental health i don't want to say problems but have some high level mental health needs please reach out to the various there's so many different support networks there uh, I know lifeline is huge. There's the black dog Institute. There is mates in construction. There are many different places. Are you okay? There's all sorts of different people and support networks out there. So if your needs run deeper than these kind of surface level things that we're talking about, then please reach out to those, those networks. If you need some help getting linked up with those, please reach out to us at hello at com And, um, you know, if you've enjoyed today's episode, uh, please like, subscribe and don't forget to share it with somebody else. Like mental health doesn't need to be a taboo issue. It's no different to physical health. Like we've embraced people that need to diet. We've embraced people that need to do physical improvement on their body. This is no different. And the the connection between gut and brain health is is been well established now. So if you need some additional support, please reach out. We're here to help. And uh, if you'd like to talk about how to attract perfect future clients, how to attract perfect future employees and the process to build that, improve that pyramid of people in and around you, then then please uh, get in contact. But uh, Brian, once again, thanks for being part of today's show. Always valuable knowledge coming out of your wise, wise brain. So uh, I look forward to our next episode. Wise. Thank you. Thanks, Brian. See you, mate.